0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network 1874 the podcast with dan bardell and greg evans Hello, welcome to 1874, the podcast in association with NordVPN. You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to www.1874.io slash NordVPN. If you do that, you'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and you'll get four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and as validated by my dad because I got my dad to do it the weekend because he wanted to watch some of of the football on on one of the streaming services. So I got my dad to do it and he did it. So at least someone's done it this week, Greg, because we forgot to actually put NordVPN in the podcast last week. I'm Dan Bardell, joined by the Athletics' Greg Evans. And to be honest, this is probably going to act a little bit as a, like a post-match show, a match review for the Burnley game. I imagine you'll see this quite a few times in the in the opening weeks of the season or the opening half of the season because Villa will be playing a lot of games Thursday, Sunday. So I imagine we'll utilise this show as the post-match show rather than doing shows for, for the sake of it, post-match shows for the sake of it. Greg, how are you? I'm very well done, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Really enjoyed my day at, at Turf Moor yesterday. Great result. For Villa, and I saw some aspects of Villa's play yesterday that that I really, really enjoyed. I thought the system switch up was pretty clever as well, albeit it might not have been unexpected to you, but it, it was unexpected to me. And I just thought the game plan was was good. And Villa, other than really a ten fifteen minute spell in the at the start of the second half,
1: limited Burnley and just just played some really nice football, Greg. Just really, really impressive overall. I mean, you know, so many positives to take from the game and something that we'd been talking about over the summer. I know it's very early into the season and uh, it's a very small sample size to work on, but something that we were, we, we were pondering, wasn't it, was whether Villa could do it Thursday to Sunday and the fact that they've scored eight goals in, to in, in three days, uh, well, four days because it was a Wednesday game. Um, shows that Villa are sort of making those, making that progress. They're getting towards being able to to handle the, the Premier League and the Europa Conference League. Um, and yeah, just so much, so many positive things to take from it. I thought they passed the ball really well. Yeah, really good. Um, turning into a, an incredibly uh, you know, well-oiled machine. You know, every player seems to know exactly what they are doing in in that system now. Um, and even as you say, Daniel, with the system change. Um, they, they look very comfortable and confident. I think what we're seeing is bringing a little bit more out of Matty Cash, scoring the two goals, and Luca Dean as as attackers rather than defenders. Um, and Cash is somebody that you know we, we we've discussed at length in previous pods. Saying is he going to be an Emery player? Is he going to fit into the Emery team? Um, we we spoke about Dina last week, didn't we? We we ticked that sort of conversation off. But the two of them are thriving, and and the three at the back look really really comfortable and confident too.
0: Yeah, it kind of negates the loss of wings. I think having the three centre-backs in and, like you say, having the wing-backs. I did tweet before the game. I thought they'd be really important in that game. And they were crucial. But both of them in the end. I guess what that system does, it brings in the extra defender. And I guess probably 10 of Villa's 11, you could you could picked near, near enough. It was always the right midfield slot where Bailey plays, where you were like, do we need someone else there who's going to play in that position? It kind of took away. Ironically, Bailey scored two goals in the in in, in the leaders' game, but it kind of took away not a problem, but took away that aspect of the the team chat of how Villa were gonna were gonna line up. I just thought it meant Diaby and McGinn could play a little, could play really high up. It meant Cash and Luca Dean could bomb forward. There was always the extra centre back if we we found ourselves in in trouble. If I guess if we got a centre back injury, that system might come under a, a a bit of strain. I thought it offered extra protection to Olsen. Yeah. As well, coming in for for a one off game, it's probably one of his better games in goal. He made a really good save, actually, a, a, a two one in in the second half. Ro- Robin Olsen did And Just all round, I thought it was a it was a really nice performance from Villa. I, I took in the game from like a different vantage point to where I would usually take take in the game. albeit be I did have a massive Ballard in front of me, as you'll have seen on on on, on social media. But you can just, I could just see the zip. That, that Villa played with the way they moved the ball around the one-twos the clever little little movement the way they play the ball into the channels knock it to Watkins we just played some really really nice stuff and it's the kind of football that over the years I've watched other teams and just thought why can't Villa play like that Yeah, what are we doing training all week you can yeah. just see that so much stuff he's worked on and I was sat right behind Emery and he, he literally doesn't stop managing the, the whole game it, it's just I just I absolutely love yesterday I've got to say I
1: really did yeah, as I say, so so many positives to take from it. It's good, isn't it, when you get that sort of side-on view, and you and you're quite close to Emory. We're we're very fortunate when we're in the press box because we can we can see you know pretty much everything he's he's doing and and saying during games. Certainly at, at games like Chelsea and. Um, Uh, Brentford, when you are just a little bit closer to him because the press box is very close to the dugout, you get to hear a little bit more of what he's saying as well. But that was the one thing that really stood out when he came to the club was that he micromanages everything. He's on the dugout, he's on the uh, in his technical area, guiding literally every passage of play, you know, and the look of, he had a face like thunder when when Burnley scored and that's because he's an an absolute perfectionist and, and the fact that Villa won three one, what will be going through his head today will be the fact that Burnley scored. Um, I know that for a fact, <laughs> and uh, um, you know he wants absolute perfection from his team. But the first half, I mean, Villa weren't far off perfection. Really, they, really they, good. they were. They were brilliant to watch. You, I mean, without sounding like getting too carried away, he, he, you were. It's almost like you were looking at a team, you know, really pushing to be one of the top teams in the division at that point. And they were that comfortable. They Dominated the ball. Um, Defence looked exa- Looked like they knew. We know. Uh, looked like they knew exactly what they were doing. The two in midfield, Kamara and Louise, brilliant.
0: Those two are a joke in midfield. Thanks. Yeah, I was oh, thinking good.
1: of this. I was thinking of this this morning actually when I, when I woke up. I don't know why Doug, Doug, Douglas Louise and Bubakamara were on my mind as soon as I woke up, but I was just thinking, you know, when you look across the division and you've got, you know, Enzo Fernandez and Caicedo and, and, and Gallagher at Chelsea, then you've got Tonali and Guimarez at um, Newcastle, you've got Kovacic and Rodri at Man City, uh, Rice and Party, and so on and so on, and, you, and I'm looking at. Uh, Kamara and Louise, and I'm thinking, do you know what? They're 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 growing into a match for almost anyone now, yeah. and and you know for for, for Aston Villa, no disrespect to club who have only finished. Uh, in the top half of the the table once in the, in the last what thirteen years to now have a, a a midfield like that that is so strong that's looking very much champions league redder It feels like villa are very much on the up with with their squad now certainly with the with the starting eleven or the best sort of twelve thirteen fourteen players at the team in the team now it's a very very strong small group um if they can add a couple more players over the next few windows um you know I think villa are going to be really well positioned but yeah, that you know that just going back to the first half, it, it just felt like Villa had everything going for them. Matt Cash was actually the the sec, uh, the third most highest position player. Yeah, he in the was game. so high. You know, he was he was playing effectively as, as in the position that Leon Bailey would have played. you know, it's like um and and showed from his days as a winger that he can get on the end of things, um, that he can be a real nuisance in the box. And yeah, I just feared for him a little bit when when Emery first came in because I didn't think that he would be able to express himself as an attacker as much um, as he was able to yesterday. But, you know, great for him and, and great for him to get a couple of goals and, and and stay in the manager's thoughts for the time being, I think. Yeah, a few people in my fantasy football league had him, unfortunately. I don't know why. <laughs> he must he have have got have... I haven't played this year because it just ruins my life. But <laughs> um, he must have got a lot of points. I think, I think he got somewhere near 20 points this week. Obviously, Villa
0: didn't care a clean Shea at the end. At one point, he was on for a huge... Huge Halley-Villa has kept a clean sheet as well. I guess I guess with Matty Cash as, as well. I think he deserves a lot of credit because I think he he's openly said himself he struggled to adapt to to Emery's methods when he first came in. And I used to watch when Matty Cash would, would bomb forward and I used to see Emery and he'd absolutely lose his temper on the side with Matty Cash. But he's adapted his game and he's done that tuck-in role when, when he's needed to. Yesterday, he was just told, you go forward, you're going to be yeah, a massive part yeah. of how we play. Attacking wise today, and he produced the goods. And uh, he does. He's done a lot of training with Robert Lewandowski. That second <laughs> goal was a a good finish. <laughs> that, that was, was brilliant. Was it some
1: finish? That was I a striker's mean, well, finish. That well, was well, technique. I mean, we've we've got to dissect the goal a little bit deeper first because that second goal is is incredible. I mean, the, a the, good the, goal. The, it was. It was there was about twenty passes leading yeah. up to the goal. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It was patient play. Out from the back, and then when it when they didn't when they didn't quite get the passing option that they wanted going forward, they would find another passing option and be patient and slow. And then Diaby had that little. I think I'm right in thinking it was Diaby when he sort of did that Cruyff turn um, in the middle of the park, and it kind of just lost a couple of players um, in in the build up to it. And I think that's what you've got now with really. You've got some lovely pass players that can pass it between themselves. You know, um, Carlos. And Konza to an extent, Paltora is definitely. I thought Konza
0: was brilliant in the first half. I
1: thought he was yeah, brilliant. yeah, Trilatural. it worked, didn't it? That that position worked for him. Um, and, and and Kamara and Louise, the five of them between them are going to pass the ball really nicely, I think. But then what you have in Diaby, and hopefully more from Leon Bailey, if we if we can see that in the future, is just that little moment of magic where he can wriggle away from a defender or spin out from a couple of players, and it just frees up so much space. And then that kind of helped Villa in, in their second goal. And yeah, as you say, a brilliant finish um, from, from from Matt Cash. But just looking back to last year, there were a couple of occasions when he was allowed to go forward. I think it was the Palace game yeah, got an assist where he set day. up Watkins or the own goal. Was it an own, own, own goal? goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the week after, I think Villa were playing Bournemouth and the game plan was completely different. It was to sit very deep, make sure that there were only three players ahead of the ball, and... Um, when Villa were out of possession, uh, because Bournemouth had such a, a threat on the counter-attack. So, I think that's what you're going to see from time to time, depending on the opponents. Cash and Dina or Cash and Moreno, when he's back fit, are going to have uh, different roles to play. Um, and, and, and look, that's the benefit now of, of having a manager who's been in charge for what coming up to a year. He's had a lot of time with the players to show them. This is Plan A. This is Plan B. This is what happens if you go down to ten men. This is what happens when we're a goal up. This is what happens when we're a goal down. The players all know what what system to turn to now. And I, and I just think, just finally, um, when Villa come up against your Everton's and your Burnleys and your teams that are in going to be in the lower half, it's going to be light work for Villa this season. The, the 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 challenge is beating the teams that finished above them last year. Yeah, I mean the building blocks for those
0: kind of teams were were put in place at the end of last season. Villa obviously eight and being at home, you know they dispatched teams that you would want them to and w- would expect them to with with relative ease. They they see out games relatively comfortably, as as well. In the end, they've seen out yesterday quite comfortably. Was there anything that, that worried you in the game? Because you know, half time I was I went in, I was absolutely buzzing. I was like, <laughs> this, is, "This is so good. We've we've played so well here. Just got to get the next goal." And the games the games done. Second half starts. Burnley score oh, yeah. straight away. A little bit of, I'd, I'd have question marks over the the, the defending of Paul Torres. I think he made it so easy for him to turn and shoot. You know, block off the goal. Blocked off yeah. the wrong side. You want to really block off the goal. It's
1: the, the physicality side of thing that yeah. That, that, yeah. that has always been the issue with him. You know, it's it's, it's the one sort of drawback that, that scouts and, and clubs are, are, of a real high level have, have always said. The physical side, he, he, he isn't quite... He isn't quite as robust as you would like as a centre half. What you what you get in in, uh, in return, but you know, by contrast, is his incredible passing ability. So yeah, he, yeah from time to time, he's amazing, isn't he? He's brilliant to watch. And I mean, if filler are going to dominate games then um, and, and create more and build up more opportunities uh, compared to give chances away. Then he's going to be used more often in in that respect. But look, you want your centre halves to be tough and strong. On that sole moment, it didn't look great, but I'm I'm not too concerned. I think the bigger picture is um, Villa are going to be fine defensively. Yeah, one of my mates was having a pop at Olsen for the goal, which I thought was a little bit high. He did get he
0: did get a hand on it, but I don't think he was the the culprit for that goal. I think
1: I think Olsen and look, me and you can agree. We, we neither of us are very comfortable with him in goal. I did anyway. think he was better yesterday. I think in general, though, the, the, the name, as, as, as horrible as it sounds, when you see that his names on the team sheet, the, there are nerves. One because Emmy Martinez is so brilliant, and two because it hasn't quite worked for for Olsen at Villa. Um, but I think if he if he if he's going to play more games this season, because there are going to be so many more games, hopefully for Villa. So he's going to need the support of the supporters and hopefully they can, you know, start to get behind him. He made a couple I of saves. I yeah, I mean, that, that helps, doesn't it? It's, it's yeah. going to give him the confidence. He made a couple of decent saves. I think he's worked on his his footwork, definitely starting to pass the ball better. His distribution was, you know, very, very suspect, uh, under Emery at the start, I just remember that Man United game. It was such a such an in the cup, it was just such an awful one for him. But it was an awkward game that was. But You know, it's it's difficult for players. They, if you remember, Villa's defenders were struggling passing out from the back, and mm. so was Dendonka and Louise and Kamara. They all had individual bad moments. So um, it's just something you have to you know expect. But um, hopefully, Emi Martinez is back sooner rather than later. You got any news on that? No, sorry. I'll try try and update throughout the week. Um, Hoping that transfer window closes as well as quickly as possible. No, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried no, about no, that I'm, I'm only. I'm only playing. No. But um, you know, you, you want him back. You want the. You want the top players in the team, don't you? I will say for Olsen, I thought this yesterday, actually. There've been a few players
0: in the past that, for years, weren't really rated by the Villa fans, and then suddenly they would managed to turn themselves into a, a cult hero. I think of Alan Hutton, for, for example. You know, I, I never really particularly rated. Alan Hutton as a, as a player, quite attitude, um, unbelievable resilience, work right? all that stuff, brilliant. But I never rated him as a footballer, and then he he suddenly became like this cult hero and became really really popular. You never know with Arsenal. if he does play a few games, he says, and then he does okay. Like he's, some, some, some players just come from nowhere sometimes yeah. to become a little bit of a a cult hero, and I'm I'm hoping that happens with him. You know, Villa would have had the opportunity to get a sub, another keeper in, in 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 the summer, and they haven't done it. So there's Emery obviously has a form of trust in him or has seen something that he likes.
1: Otherwise he would have been he would have been replaced, wouldn't he? They would they would have got a sub goalkeeper eh? Yeah, and look, you know, to be fair to Emery, he has always bigged him up. He's always um, offered positive words and encouragement. And yeah, you know, that is the manager's job to 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 build up players and and certainly within the media when um when questions are asked. But I think with Emery, I, I do find that he's very honest with players, you know, that he talks about. If he's not interested in them, in them or if he's not into them, he'll find a smart way of kind of avoiding the question. With, Ol- with Olsen, he has always been pretty consistent and he's backed him. So. Yeah. What about
0: Luca day Now we've got an assist yesterday and again, it was a very really nice goal for Villa. Villa were, had been under the cosh for 10, 15 minutes in that second half and probably got the third a little bit against the run of play, I would say, with how the game was going and just popped the balloon for, for Burnley. That was that was their day over at that point. The De- deflation amongst where where I, where I was sitting and Luca Danes involved, again, been involved in a lot of goals in in recent weeks. We thought he'd be on his way, but it, things changed very fast in football. It probably now looks like he, he won't be going anywhere. I
1: mean, I've been very consistent in my thoughts around him. I have as well and I might be wrong. <laughs> I've always said that one, I don't think he will definitely go, which it doesn't look like he is at the moment, and two, if he did go, I'm not sure Villa had. Were, were, I'm not sure Villa would be able to get a better replacement for him. Look, in time, they might, you know, might be proved wrong, and and I'm happy to be proved wrong if if that's the case, because you know, essentially, we we all want Villa to evolve and, and get even stronger, and if they can get a better left back in than Luca Dean, then then so be it, great, but. I just think the last few performances have reminded a few people that he's a decent player and if you get him in the right system with the right support around him and he doesn't have to defend too much and he's able to deliver balls into the box it's going to benefit the team you know he's got a nice relationship with with Ollie Watkins now Ollie Watkins by the way you know, I think he's he's the he's now got 55 goal contributions um since in, in the Premier League since since joining Villa only Harry Kane has scored more out of any Englishman. I think James Madison's got the same uh, in terms of goals, and goals and assists. So, you know, more plus points for Watkins. But yeah, to go back to Dino, you know, I'm just, I'd like to see him given a given a, a few more games. I, I'd, I'd like it if he sticks around because I do think he can be um, a weapon for Villa. Yeah,
0: you know, another assist yes. My question was, it's all well and good doing it against a really poor Everton at home, and then Hibernian, which you know was a. A testimonial game at, at times in in fairness. But to be fair to him yesterday, he's come up with the productivity in in, in in a in a tough tough away game at a burning at a really important time, crucial time in the game. He's picked out the right pass and we we scored a nice goal and that's won us the game. In the end, so credit to I find this happens quite a lot. I'm probably one of the least critical Villa fans there's ever been. <laughs> But when I do find someone to criticize, they suddenly hit the for, hit the form of their hit the form of their life and Luka Luca is definitely having his best spell in a in a villa show. Otherwise I had a few tweets yesterday about, about Luca Day and directed at me
1: on uh on, on Twitter or X as it as it's called now. So yeah. It's just about finding continuity, isn't it, now? Yeah. Consistency for him. He's gotta keep playing well else, you know. But he's got a very uh, good player jumping at the bit when he's fit. Yeah, yeah. And look, we've seen the impact that Alex Moreno had. Um I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the Villa team because he's quick and uh, you know certainly a player that Emery believes in. So it's uh, it's exciting, yeah.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Watkins. I just wanted to touch on him because the headlines will be he's Mister Sitter, but actually, you know, like you say, another goal contribution. He leads the line so well. People don't realise how good his link-up plays. His link-up play in the last twelve months has come on so so far. He just takes he takes in balls really that he's got no right to take and lays them off and makes it look really really easy and really simple. I think his all-round game for a modern-day centre forward playing on your own. He's he's perfect for Emery. He's perfect mm. for Villa. I think he's perfect for the the modern game as well. Okay, he hasn't scored a Premier League goal yet. But he's always involved in most of the good things Villa do, and that's what you want from a lone striker. You might not score every week, but if you're enabling other people to pop up with goals as well, which is what he did yesterday, that, that doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and look from 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 a selfish point of view, he will want to get on the score sheet. He'll want to get the goals because you know strikers essentially are judged on their goals. We know that. We know that if he keeps scoring goals, he's going to be in within the chance of a you know an England recall, which is a, a big um, motivation of his. But yeah. He he's working really well for the team. He's well liked. Emery loves him. Wants him to sign the the contract extension, which has been you know discussed for some time now. Um, the, the 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 run and the movement for for Cash's goal was great, wasn't it? You know, another assist that he got. And I haven't seen it back. Was it going in or did Cash need need? Some no, on? I think it would have just gone wide. It, yeah, I think it was going wide. Um, and I think he might have gone for it. I think he certainly went, tried to, oh, I to score. He a, a, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. It wasn't a cross, was it? No, nah, no. Nah. Um, but yeah, fair play to Cash for for, for getting on the end of it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's those key involvements, isn't it? He runs the defence. He he's quick. He never stops um, uh, closing down. So you know, he's good when, when Villa are trying to press out from the from the front. Uh, he, you know, he's a he's an aerial threat now, as we've seen. Uh, with his goals, but he also has a, a big impact at set pieces. You know, he's one of Villa's strongest headers, so mm. he, uh, you know, de- defensively does help out from time to time, which you probably don't notice too often, but it does make a big impact. Um, I just feel, you know, in general now, Villa have, Villa have got all their departments pretty much sorted. It would be great to have another striker to turn
0: to. Sure, I think, just think they look at that bench.
1: Sorry, sorry. I mean, in terms of departments, I mean, as, as a football uh, club, you know, I'll they're, they're at- moot. They, the ownership are great. The um, uh, the the, the scouting and data network is, is very solid. The coaching team now is excellent. Video analysis side of things, is, is really good. Set piece coach Austin McPhee and his um, and his assistants uh, are working really well. The playing team in general is good. It's the good, the good youth group. setups good. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Villa as as a football club, you know, they've got a lot of things going for them at the moment. They've got it. They've got it all you know, set up now and it's just it's just adding, you know, little bits to the edges to, to make them even better. Um Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Oh, no, where, where were we?
0: <laughs> I'm not really sure. I can ask you, I want to ask you about Zaniola. Though, so Zaniola. I might do that quick, quick word on him. I, I was yeah. impressed with him when he came on.
1: Looked good. Looked like he, you know, he's somebody who's got that little bit of unpredictable edge, M- maybe a little bit greedy in the moments that mattered. Uh, f- felt like he could have passed to Watkins in with the chance that he, that he went for but um, I, I liked his footwork, I liked his movement. I thought that he's somebody, um, he's, he's just going to give that unpredictable edge I think. Um, you know, whether he starts games, whether he comes off the bench, he's, he's going to be a good addition to the squad um, and with Coutinho probably moving to, to Qatar as, as I've been reporting for, for quite some time uh, and Buendira out injured, he, he's going to be pretty vital I think. It reminded me a bit of um, David Ginola.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you Ginola know what I was thinking actually? Because Ginola was a, actually, people don't realise how a biggie was. He was a, mm. a strong guy. He's also a tall guy.
2: Mm, similar, of...
0: similar movements. Yeah, yeah quite yeah. a unique player at that time. Like you, again, you don't see many six foot plus wingers at the, yeah. at the time. saniolo he's a, He's about six foot three. You know, he's he's stocky. He's got a powerful shot. He just really just reminded
1: me a bit of David Ginola yesterday. Yeah, the way and... he was walking around as well. Yeah, and, and the height thing, you, you know, has been an issue at Villa. Villa were, on average, the uh, sorry, not on average, in terms of players under, I think, one hundred and eighty-two centimeters. Is that right? And one point eight two meters. Yeah, about what I am. Yeah, uh, in terms no, of players height. under that height. Yeah. Uh, sorry, over that height, Villa had the fewest amount in their yeah, side on it. average last year. So look, you know, forget the <laughs> metrics. In general, they're a small side, and they needed to address that this year. So to, to get a player in like that, you know, will help from time to time. Um, but yeah, he he looked yeah he looked good, skillful player. Um, if he can stay fit, obviously injuries have been a bit of an issue for him uh, in previous years. But if he can stay fit, he could not be Villa's wild card because you know we we know we knew how good he was going to be when he was a younger player in Italy. But somebody maybe who hasn't arrived with all the hype, mm. but could end up being you know a very important player or very exciting player for Villa. He threw himself into a a
0: tackle, like a a block tackle, and came out with the ball, which I was really pleased with that because, you know, players sometimes who silky players who you think, oh, they've had injuries, they're not going to put themselves about... He really put himself into that challenge and came out with the ball, so yeah, I I really liked that. In a minute, we're going to talk about why Villa are selling their academy players, but before we do that, let's hear about
2: NordVPN again. If you guys are getting fed up with missing live football, then our new show sponsor NordVPN might be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service, which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, and smart TV. If you want to watch, let's say, some U.S. content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And while you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. The service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty dab handy. A part of NordVPN supporting 1874, the Aston Villa channel, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free, which also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to www.nord.com. 1874.io forward slash nordvpn and sign up all the details will also be in the description and as always we are truly grateful to anyone that signs up we know that money is tight but if you think nordvpn will help you out it will also help us to keep the channel running
0: Thanks very much to NordVPN for continuing to sponsor the podcast. We both really, really appreciate it. Right then, Greg, Villa have made some sales in the last week or so. Cameron Archer has departed for Sheffield United and Aaron Ramsey came on against Villa Hmm. yesterday for Burnley. He's also left the building. I believe you've got some information on why Villa have done this.
1: Yeah, it's been been widely discussed, hasn't it, amongst supporters of as whether Villa are, are making the right decisions in in moving on Aaron Rams are, um, a player who clearly you know has been a project at Villa for some time, and Cameron Archer, you know, striker who who a lot of Villa fans have wanted had wanted to succeed at Villa, hadn't they? There was yeah. a real push for him to to be in the team and and. Um, and have a chance and obviously Keenan Davis and, and Jade and Philogene players who are a little bit not, not as highly rated Davis, obviously he's, you know, he's sort of passed it as a Villa player now isn't he, he Was never going to feature but Philogene somebody who'd done really well in pre-season um, and was, was expected to feature this year but what I've been saying for some time that FFP is obviously an issue for Villa that they have to address like every other club in the division so Villa had pretty much two options this summer. Now, I thought, from what I was reporting previously, that there would be an unexpected sale, some somebody that would have to be moved on for a, a considerable amount of money to, to help balance the books. And it was my understanding that that was, that that was being considered earlier in the year, leading up to the summer. And now the reason I, I know that is because when Burnley came in for Aaron Ramsey in January, they wanted a permanent deal um, or a loan deal with a view to a permanent deal. And Villa said, absolutely no chance. No chance. We, we are not considering selling this guy. So he went on loan to Middlesbrough, um, You know, had a decent time there, picked up an injury towards the back end, uh, but then came back to Villa. Um, now, now, something changed at some point where Villa decided to move on some of these younger players and insert the buybacks into the deal. Now, buybacks are nothing new. You know, we've seen Manchester City doing it for some years. Uh, you know, the likes of James Trafford's gone to Burnley with, with a buyback in, in, inserted in the deal. So for Burnley... Douglas Dewey's um, did it, didn't he? It was it was be, then, I yeah. mean, yeah, the, the, there are others, aren't there? Manchester City have been doing it for some time. But what we haven't really seen is a club of Villa's size, you know, a, a team that are sort of trying to get into the top six, but, uh, you know, have been sort of on the outskirts for for a couple of years. Yeah, we we haven't seen a club doing that moving on their young players at, at such a premium. You know, Archer's going for big money, Ramsey's going for relatively big money um, and inserting the buyback. And And I think it's something, I think, first of all, it's a clever idea because what what will happen is Villa will bank the money almost immediately and that allows them then to buy your, your Pau Torres and your Musa Diabis and spread that cost over four or five years. So the money comes back in immediately, but the money that they're paying out is spread over a a longer period of time and and look you know we've we've seen Chelsea doing it to a a more extreme extent but I think what we're going to see is that more clubs that are trying to fall in line with FFP will will probably start to copy Villa's system if they have enough good youngsters to move on. Um, The the Ramsey deal for me was probably one that they I think it's a good deal because Ramsey's never featured for Villa in the Premier League. So, for me, they're not really losing anything. They're not taking a player out of the first team and, and and effectively losing him. So, £14 million, okay, it's a little bit low. But the reason that it is low is because Villa have to take into consideration the buyback. Now, if they sell him for a much higher fee then the buyback's going to obviously be an I even higher still, I, I the think future. that's still a, a lot. I'd
0: say they have probably still overpaid,
1: bearing in mind Do you what think? he's actually done. I would say it's so £14 plus
0: add-ons for someone who's yeah. had a couple of half seasons in the Championship.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's good money for Villa, but having speaking, spoken to people within the industry as well, you know, they they think that Burnley have got a, a relatively good deal for £14 million. Pounds. But the, uh, as I say, the reason it's a little bit low, according to some people, um, is because of the buyback issues. You know, it's it's... If Villa want to be able to control his future to to a degree, um, you know, they had to come to an agreement. And that's why that's why that deal would t- uh, took so long to complete. You know, the Premier League had to uh, approve it. Um, and Villa have got a framework now in place where they can do this deal probably a little bit quicker, you know, in terms of the contracts and, and what the buybacks mean. It's why Cameron Archer moved to... Uh, Sheffield United a little bit quicker. Jaden Philogene um, hasn't gone through to Hall yet, has no, it? But yet. but, um, but we, we are expecting it. You know, there are plenty of other clubs actually interested in in Philogene. So whether any come in and, and try and hijack that bid, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but I think, yeah, I think in general, you know, it's it, it's good for Villa. They're getting money back in immediately. Um, whether it's an whether it's good for the for the young players, I'm, I'm not sure. I think. Typically, if you're a young player and you're training at a high level club, which filler are now, you get better training, you get better coaching, you work under better facilities. Um, but if you're moving to a Premier League team and getting games, you're getting the minutes, aren't you? And look, you, you, that might help your development a little bit better. So... We will see how that evolves in the future. But what I do think it, we will see is more clubs adopting this role because it feels very much like a an overseas approach. You know, We see a lot of buybacks in Madrid Spanish and Portugal contracts, don't we? We, we? we see that with foreign players and it certainly feels like Villa have got that element to them now with obviously Monchi there, Emery in charge um, and a little bit more sort of Spanish foreign thinking um, in the recruitment areas. I think...
0: You know, if, if the choice is get rid of those two, or those three, if Villajane goes through as well, or sell Douglas Williams, Martinez. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, do what you're doing. Perfect. Yeah. I'm really refreshed by it. I think it's, it's really, really clever. And I will say as well, you've spoke about this a number of times on this show. The way they've picked, cherry-picked the low moves of players has worked really well. I actually think these two moves is kind of the same thing. I think Ramsey's going to go and work under company, and I know you know They were brilliant yesterday, but I think they'll get better as the season goes on. They started slowly in the Championship with his methods last season as well. I think Ramsey's going to get a lot of football for Bernie playing in a particular style, which I think will be really useful for him in the development of his game. And Archer's going to go to Sheffield United, and he's going to play every week. He's going to be their number nine, which again, is going to be huge for his his development, and I think he'll score goals for Sheffield United. I mean, I'm not, not going to be talking like 10, 15 goals or anything like that, but I think he will score goals. Yeah, for Sheffield United, so I think they're two really clever low moves, and if Villa want to bring them back, which they might not, they'll, they'll have to they'll have the option to do it for probably a little bit more than what they sold them for. But I think it's the way you've spoken about FFP and the way the sales go onto the book straight away, I think that's the, the pivotal thing there for, for Villa. And I think I think it's smart. I, I really do. I'm really really impressed with the club at the moment and and, and what they're doing. So it's a fair play. I saw Jacob Ramsey actually yesterday was sitting not far from me. Come to come mm. to watch his brother. In the, in the game yesterday. I also wore a similar outfit to what I wore on Saturday night, which I found quite quite, quite refreshing. It's awesome quite out. worrying that is because he's only 20 worry? years old, Dan. So, you know, is he, he, is he, he an old man now. Is but... it worrying for him or is it worrying for me? Unsure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Unsure. I think you're trying yeah, to hold on to your youth a bit too so much. I definitely but... am. Definitely have been for a long time, Greg. With Aaron, with Aaron, I think, you know, moving to Burnley, I think he... he... It would have been a day of mixed emotions for him yesterday. It Would have been great to make your Premier League debut, um, of course. Weird, you know, but also very, very weird against Villa. Um, look, you know, it's, it's no secret that it was his dream to to play for Villa, to to play alongside his brother Jacob. Um, but and and but and look, you know, it's, it's no real slight on him. It's no. It's no. It's not fair to say Jacob's better than him or Jacob's developed quicker than him or anything like that. Because, you know, as I've said in previous pods, Aaron was actually the one that was was really fancied when he was younger. And, and actually at a very young level, uh, Jacob was only kept on because Aaron was so good, which sounds pretty mad now. Um, but when you think of actually Jacob's uh, introduction into the Villa team, it was when they were a championship team. So the route into the first team then was a little bit easier, yeah. Um, and he's obviously you know done brilliant things, kicked on, and, and rightly deserves his place now in 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 the uh, in the team. But for Aaron, it's just it's just a little bit difficult for a player to break in when Villar are signing Uwe Tielemans for example, to play on the bench, <laughs> to start on the bench. You know, it's just it's so difficult to to break in as a youngster. Now, um, the one we will we, we'll need to keep an eye on now is, is Timmy Redburnham, still out injured and, and might be for for a little bit more time. Um, but when he's back available, he will, you know, add another bit of competition to the midfield, and could be somebody who's used more often in in that more attacking midfield role rather than the deep line one. So yeah,
0: played there, didn't I, at the end
1: of the season? Yeah, and I think he sort of favours that role as well. So somebody to to keep an eye on. To
0: okay, then Greg, let's finish with your your new feature. We haven't actually come up with a name for it yet. What do we get? What, <laughs> what are What
1: are we going to go with? A, a view from the press box? Was it? Not a view from the press, press box archive, something yeah. like that. I just think it's it's nice to to give some of our listeners um, a bit more insight into to some of the inner workings at Villa and some of the things that go on behind the scenes that um, you know they, they might not know too much about or, or incidents that just don't get reported. And um, you know, time has now passed, so we can go into a bit more detail about them. Um so, yeah, we you know, each week we're going to sort of spend five minutes at the end of the pod just going back through uh, a memory of mine from from covering a game at Villa, from uh, doing an interview with somebody or, uh, you know, having a conversation with, with, with a player or whatever. But the the one I want to start with now, you've got to bear with me a little bit because 2016-17 was, was a bit of a depressing season. Brilliant. But, I think when you look back on these dark times, which let's be honest, they were at Villa during that period. It's important to realise that not every employee or player at that time was a bad egg or crap at his job. Um, which brings me on to Tommy Alfie, who I think as a player had ups and downs at Villa, but as a person was a was a a really important part of it at the time. Um, and... It was after a nil-nil draw at Derby, which I don't know if you remember that, Dan, early into the first championship season.
0: I do. He was an absolute stunker of a game, Di Matteo. Like, this, this is just like what is going on there in the championship. I never expected to see Villa in the championship. Not only are we in the championship,
1: we're really bad as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, do you know what? I honestly can't remember anything from the game other than I think Ross McCormack hit the bar. That's all I can remember from the game. There wasn't I remember much. having
0: a bet on Gary Gardner to score and he nearly scored, I think. I yeah, I think that. he hit the
1: post as well. Yeah. But uh, actually, yeah, it's refreshing my mind this. But um, yeah, we're not going to talk about the game, thankfully, because no. it was a, a nil-nil board draw. But after the game, we, we were, me and... Uh, I think colleague... Kozak came on in that game, you know. Did he? Possibly. Oh, I'd have I to check. While you talk, I'll check. So I'm going to talk about the the moments after the game. Anyway, we we were exiting the stadium or or exiting the the press uh, the media room, and uh, we bumped into Tommy Elphick actually on the way out. Now, usually journalists who walk past players will will try and ask a player for for a couple of minutes to to, to do an interview with them and, and get some thoughts. But it was actually the other way around. Elphick kind of pulled me and my, my colleague from another paper aside and said, "Look, lads, you're the guys that cover the club every week." Um, this is going to be a really difficult season for us now. We we need a bit of help, you know, externally. So anything you can do to sort of help us. Um, now, as a local reporter, you always try and take the positive line from things and, and try and build up some positivity as and when you can. At times, you, you, you've got to do your job. You can't dress things up nicely when, when they're going wrong. And, and at that point, sadly, they weren't. But what just struck me is that I, can't, I genuinely can't remember in my career any other player taking a moment out like that to try and say, look, to try and just think a little bit deeper and and about the bigger picture for the team and think we're doing everything we can, we can, even though the results aren't showing it on the pitch, but if there's any little extra 1% that me as a captain can, can help get from, from, from elsewhere, I'm going to try and do that. And I just thought, you know, that, that was a real measure of the man. And so many people speak about Alfie and how they liked working with him and, and his time at Villa. And look, it was a, you know, a poor period for Villa, but um, I just think it's good to highlight good people, um, and he was certainly one of those. And the thought yeah. came back when I was watching Bournemouth versus Tottenham on Saturday, it's actually, day, and, day, isn't it? and Elphick's still a part of the coaching team at Bournemouth. So yeah, but there'll be more of these. We'll, we'll go into a bit more detail um, in the weeks ahead, and we'll have more sort of memories from um, my interactions with Villa players and stuff.
0: Yeah, uh I still speak to Tommy. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Like loved Villa as well. Loved being at Villa, and I've worked with him a couple of times. And he's just such a, such a top bloke. And the, you know the way he speaks, about it. He's doing really well at Bournemouth as well. Already like a, a Premier League assistant manager slash coach. Like testament to the to the man. Really, I was did right goes about up play. <laughs>
1: I was right about it. <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah,
0: he came on. He came on for Rudy Costed in the 28th minute. Wow! And then got subbed off in the 83rd minute for Andre Green. It's probably the last time we played, but mate, that team that day, Gallini in goal, back four, Bakuna, Elphick, Chester, Sissoko. Midfield midfield four of Jordan Ayo, Westwood, Gardner and Grealish. And then Gasted and McCormack up front. Jordan Amarvi yeah. came on that day as well. Yeah, and we had, I mean, we had just... Mika Richards on the bench, Alan Hutton, Nathan Baker, Mark Budd. <laughs>
1: good times it was a while back now but it just shows doesn't it how uh how times can change and how you got to enjoy the the good moments that yeah. are, that are now following two former villa players in
0: the uh, in the derby squad that day as well goalkeeper clyde and striker on the bench carson yep good knowledge striker on the bench yeah Came, Came on bent. Yeah, bloody
1: hell, Greg! Oh wow, I actually remember this game. <laughs> Unbelievable! I actually remember this game. I, I
0: thought you might say volume or something. I didn't think you'd come out with a uh, come out with Darren Benk as well. I'm all volume or right something. Unbelievable! Well done, Greg. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have got if you'd have asked me that question before I looked. I would have got the goalkeeper, but I wouldn't have mm. got Darren Ben. Would not have got that. Well done, well done, Greg. Global, Greg Evans with the memory as well. Enjoyed that. That was good. It is good to look back at times when we were crap because obviously we're not we're not crap now. Yeah, so. and, and look, good. every memory is not going to be about when we were crap. No, no, but <laughs> just, probably just probably ninety percent of them will. But I would yeah, say. We'll say that's how that's how my memory works with it with it anyway. Anyway, thanks ever so much to Greg for joining me on eighteen seventy four the podcast today. As I've said, he's acted as a little bit of a, a match reaction. I don't want to just churn out like a podcast and then a post match on the same day it's just it's just not worthwhile it's not worth anyone's time so we've done it within within the podcast subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on and give the video a like and a comment as well please do subscribe if you're not subscribed because it does help us grow as as a channel and check out the nordvpn deal as well if you do want to be a part of that because it, it's really really helpful if you want to watch as much football as possible like i do then this enables you to do it. So, yeah, go and check out that NordVPN deal. I'll be back with a match preview at some point with Dave Reid ahead of the Liverpool. Oh, no, we've got the Hibs game, haven't we? We'll preview the Hibs game at some point this week. I'll, I'll I'll get a show done. We'll look at that. Maybe get Jacob back on to do that. Again, I enjoyed talking to him last week. Check out all Greg and Jacob's good stuff on The Athletic as well. Have a good bank holiday Monday and up the villa.